Welcome to Pool Party Radio, the number one podcast where no one wants to hear your band who only 13 people like on SoundClouds tape that is only out on cassette tape and no other formats because that's lame and also your Facebook post of only Chris Cornell and then the caption Carpe Diem is real cringeworthy and some real lame <laughs> shit. I'm your host Parker joined as always by co-host Razorman Cumulus. Hey Parker, please don't write Carpe Diem on my Facebook wall when I die. I never or do would. it because it might be really funny. I'll write Carpe Diem. I'll write Live, Laugh, Love. I'll do all the <laughs> clichéist stuff in an effort to look deep on Facebook for yeah. you. Yeah, you should write Cumulus Diem. That would be good. Uh, yeah, yeah. Seize yeah. the cloud. Yeah, seize the cloud. Seize the Razor mm-hmm. Man. <laughs> I mean, isn't that the goal with death to seize clouds? Yeah, it works out. Yeah, and that voice you just heard is our dear friend Dawn. From the Beckett to the Beckett to the Future podcast, podcast about quantum leap. How you doing? I'm great. How are you both? Doing okay. I'm doing good. I'm stressed out because yeah. This, okay. Well, that this, sounds like you're being honest. <laughs> well, I've been playing this new Friday the Thirteenth game. It's stressing me out. Oh, that's a fair reason to be stressed out. Yeah, it's like I'm either getting murdered or the game doesn't work, and I get angry and rage quit. So it's uh, it's a it's been a stressful time, but. Uh, I'm you glad to just play Professor Layton. It's a lot less stressful. I don't know anything about it, but I'll write it down because. Oh, it's on DS. I'll buy it. Anything to lessen my stress right now would be <laughs> great. But yeah, we're excited to have you. Or at least I won't speak for Frisbee, although I'm fairly sure. I'm fairly sure he's also excited to have you. But uh, it's exciting to have you on the show because, A, we've been friends longer than most people on Earth that I know of, or that I'm friends with at least. And B, uh, you're now in the podcast game, and that's excited because I love when people start new podcasts. Well, thanks. I uh, am excited to be here as well. I don't really know why I decided to start a podcast. Maybe I ran out of hobbies. It's pretty, um, yeah, I pretty much did, you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm not kidding. Like, you know, I knitted for a while and then I cross stitched and I embroidered and I made candles. And I was like, podcasting seems like the next logical jump. Yeah. Yeah. You've mastered everything else. So now I have to master <laughs> the podcast game. Yeah. We'll see where I'm going next time, guys. We have no idea. But um, in all reality, no, it's been a lot of fun. We're uh, recording our, I think it's going to be our eighth or ninth episode today. We have a couple in the queue. So, Really appreciate the um, early support. Uh, it's been a lot of fun. It's been a learning experience. I've got to use parts of my brain that went kind of dark mm-hmm. post college. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. Well, cool. cool. Yeah, where can the kids uh, find it at? Where's the the website and all that? Oh, okay. Yeah, no problem. So you can find us at BeckettFuturePod.com. You can also find us on Facebook under Beckett Future Pod as well. Uh, you can email us at BeckettFuturePod at gmail.com and also Beckett Future at Twitter. Sweet. Yeah, I like this idea for a show because I've often had the idea in the back of my mind to do a podcast about sliders for like the longest time that I'll probably never do. So I like that somebody's doing like B-level science fiction shows from the 80s slash 90s podcast. Well, you're in... You're in luck there, because we're going to do our bonus episodes on sliders. That is awesome. I, I much more appreciate the fact that I can just listen to somebody talk about sliders than me actually do all the work. So I'm into this. 
I know, right? And uh, I'm not sure how you're going to fix this editing, but I got my Facebook group name wrong because everything else is everything else. <laughs> so the Facebook group is Back into the Future Quantum Leap podcast. But if you just type in uh, Back into the Future, you can find us. Nice. Okay. The kids. And do you go? We'll post links. Sorry. The kids will figure it out. We'll post links to everything. Yeah, it's yeah. it was it was a really hard acronym to work with after we wrote it out. Uh, but I can briefly explain, if you'd like, uh, the premise of the show. You've already kind of alluded to it. But uh, for those of you that are familiar with Quantum Leap, or at least know that it was a show that was on television at some point, mm-hmm. um, the main character, Samuel Beckett, is inadvertently made a time traveler and he just kind of leaps around in hopes that he'll get to the final destination, which in his eyes is his home. But we've decided to go through all of the episode guides and watch them in order of when he's leaping and not in order of which it was broadcasted. Okay. I was curious how that was going to work because yeah, with the show, he does not know what his next leap will be. So I didn't know if you randomize the episodes in oh, no, order it's just to totally like, replicate awkward. that. Okay. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, because like pretty much every episode we have to be like, well, at the end of this episode, he leaps into this. But we're not going to talk about that for probably 24 more episodes. Instead, <laughs> oh, next <wow>. week, <laughs> we're going to talk about this episode. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. I think that we should do that, Frisbee. I think that we should... Set up new oncurring, like recurring jokes, ongoing recurring jokes, like the cuckoldry, mm-hmm. and then like not like be like, all right, cuckoldry is the new joke we're doing, and then not do it again for 24 episodes. <laughs> yeah. And then next time, uh, just start up with like a soundboard again. Mm-hmm. Like, oh man, it's been so great having the soundboard back. Yeah. <laughs> I think we should do that. If I can ever fix my soundboard, then we will definitely have, uh, Whoever back, John Brown or somebody. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so, Don, since you're new to the show, a thing that we do whenever somebody is new to get to know them is find out what laws they would enact if they were suddenly president and or dictator. Some of our guests like it's being kind dictators. kind of the same, but yeah. Okay, yeah. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah, it's basically the same thing <laughs> these days. So, yeah, if you were suddenly president, what is something that you would make happen? Okay, so my first law is going to be really selfish and pretty generic, but it would be student loan forgiveness because I'm still paying that shit off. Yeah, I get calls Ew. every day about that. So I, I'm voting for you. <laughs> I'm <Yeah>. into this. <laughs> like, I mean, I've wanted to go back to school several different times in the past, I don't know, two years or so. Not to knock my current job, but uh, it's more of a job that's turned into a career that I didn't really want as one. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of not financially feasible for me to go to school again, unless I just want to accept the fact that I'm never going to have any money. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's how I feel. Like, I feel betrayed that these guys gave me money to go to school for journalism, knowing damn well that there wasn't going to be any newspapers in 10 years. So, like, I feel <laughs> like I could probably sue them in some way or like something like that. So, yeah, I'm especially bummed out. Yeah, it's a little, it's like a, it's a double-edged sword because like for me specifically, I'm kind of like, well, I chose it, so it's my fault. But then I'm also like, well, why did I choose a college that was really not that cost effective? And then I look at my paper mortgage and I'm like, this is sad. 
because yeah. no one's cared that I went to college <laughs> in the last 10 years whatsoever. I've never had my credentials checked whatsoever at work. I could tell them I have a PhD in astrophysics, like astrophysics, and they would believe me. Oh, man. That's what I'm, I'm just yeah. realizing like I could get gotten away with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's amazing. <laughs> I mean, like I could be like, yeah, I did all this NASA amazing now. stuff. <laughs> so, yeah, that would be my first one. Mm-hmm. Um, also, it's good that you did go to Wright State uh, because you got to listen to the best college radio program of all time, Pool Party Radio at the time. So that is true. That's why they chose. Don't get so me much. wrong. I'm really excited. I went to Wright State and I'm grateful for my education there and I'm grateful that I did my master's program and I didn't have to pay for that. So thanks to Wright State. <laughs> but um, maybe not would have stayed on campus as long. I don't know. It's just it's one of those things where especially since I'm married to a person who had a scholarship for college and has no student loan debt. I'm just kind of like secretly like, oh, go die. <laughs> like, <laughs> why are you so lucky? Like, <laughs> That's understandable. Uh, but then I'm also like, that's why we own a house, because you don't have any student loan debt. So that's cool. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but it shouldn't be one of those things in life where you're like, you either get to own a house or have student loan debt. And that's where it gets really sad. So that's why that would be my law. That's understandable. It's a good law. I like it. If uh, I, I feel like with your law, if I didn't have to pay any more student loans, I could definitely have bought a PlayStation to get the version of the Friday the 13th game that works. <laughs> Instead of having an Xbox. So that would have gone a long way for me personally. Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, I could have done some things that would be real downers, so I'm not going to say them, but I could have done some things too. (laughs) You could have also had the PlayStation version of Friday the 13th. That is true. I could have. We might. I don't know. Yeah, I, that's what I, I get need. really upset every time I try to turn the PS4 on because it always wants to freaking update some shit. Yeah, that happens to me a lot with my dumb Xbox. I need to get a PlayStation. Mr. Frisbee, you got PlayStation. I would love to play this Friday the 13th game with you. Yeah, I'd be excited to actually do that as well since uh, I haven't gotten the gumption to uh, download or play it. What? It's like 40 bucks right now, right? 40 bucks. Yeah, but it's in the store, correct? So it usually it's probably going to be on sale at least once a week at, or one once a month, one week and a month. That's true. That's true. Yeah, I could look at that as well. I'm down um, with being cheap. <laughs> and I, I know we're like, what, in the second weekend of the game being out, correct? That is true. So I'm wondering, like, how many people are still playing it? Uh, at least those that were talking about it in podcast town. Um, everybody's playing it. And my man Hatless Jackson, he messages me on Facebook every five minutes, telling me, keeping me updated <laughs> on, on how Jason killed him. They're, they love it. Did That's you have the, the PS3 as well, Frisbee? I've got the PS4, and a lot of people in Podcast Town have it. And I gotta say, like, I read that thread about people playing Friday the 13th with a bit of chagrin because it's all talking about. Jason on a first name basis. So I kind of imagine they're talking about me sometimes like mm-hmm. Jason killed me and I came back and he killed me again. I'm like, <laughs> I don't know if I would have done that, but okay. It's so hard. It's really hard when your name somehow is maybe related to someone who kills people. Yeah, actually, uh, this came up when I was uh, traveling overseas. Whenever people would ask me what my name is, sometimes uh, I get the reaction where they'd be like, oh, Jason, if they knew like, 
just very little English, and they'd start making a stabbing motion with machete <laughs> at me, and they'd start doing like the uh, psycho theme. Like they get it crossed, where they start going. Re, re, they just re. get really confused, and they're like, "We're just going to make like a montage here for you." Yeah, like horror films. That's American, and like, yeah, okay. They met Jason Voorhees, but uh, they would, you know, do other like horror film tropes along with it. But yeah, like people are writing all these different things. Like, I just want to be Jason just once. And like, who doesn't? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we're going to well, be I'll doing do my best to call you Jason instead and won't. I won't think of you in a stabby way. I appreciate that. Yeah. Yeah. Or another one that got to me was like Jason found me under the bed and <laughs> proceeded to throw me against the wall. And I'm like, that's that's very funny to think about. Mm-hmm. That's, that's your foreplay <laughs> style, if I remember correctly. Well, maybe I'll check out this <laughs> yes. game. Uh, you're you both you're both selling it in different ways, kind of. Uh, I tried. I did try to talk about this without any of the uh, stuff I've just been uh, restating. Like, oh yeah, I read this message board where it's me doing all of this stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I was just trying to sell like the game's points to like two people that I know who are willing to play in stuff like Skyrim or Morrowind, like these mm-hmm. massive role-playing games uh, that took place online. And they, their faces just started getting glazed over and I could see them like nodding politely. And I'm like, listen, <laughs> I can tell you're both not into this. So let's just change the subject for my sake, please. And we did. Uh, but good Lord, it's a, it seems like a niche game and we have this entire community who's willing to play it. I'm just kind of hoping that they want to play it for a while. So I don't like drop 40 bucks and realize like I'm the only person left playing this. that I know. I mean, sometimes you just got to make that choice though. Mm-hmm. I know, but it's 40 bucks. That's like I know. 40 bucks. I don't get back. <laughs> I think they're going to be playing it forever. Like there's DLCs coming out here. Like there's going to be a lot of stuff going on. So also, uh, it's funny that I mean you're... I make a lot of ba- bad shopping decisions, so I am the worst person because I'll just encourage you to do this. So I'm just gonna bow out of this conversation. <laughs> I'm very frugal, so I'm I would just keep those defenses up and be like, ah, yeah, but still. Oh, I'm frugal for myself, but I'm not frugal for anyone else. Does that make sense? <laughs> uh, it'd be like we're basically recreating that scene from The Simpsons where uh, Mrs. Krabappel is trying to get the the uh, PTA to vote for like higher taxes to pay for students uh, education. But then principal Skinner just comes up and makes like the finger motion with his hands and like, Oh, that means more money. That means higher money. Yeah. That's, that's what our conversation would turn into. But I respect the frugality. I don't, I think you gotta play that game. Hatless Jackson's (laughs) I'm making the, I'm making the biggest mistake of my life. Not playing Friday 13. You gotta play it. Hatless Jackson and Mike Dick are in there. You gotta play video games with them. Also, I like the fact that you've inserted yourself into the game because, uh, I was playing it the other day (laughs) and, um, and me and the wife were talking about how cool it would be if you were a counselor in the game. Because in the game, when your counselor gets scared, they like start freaking out and like make a scared face and like start cussing and yelling. And we yeah. like we like the way that you get scared at Halloween Horror Nights, where somebody scares you, and you, <laughs> and you just go, "Oh, okay, 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 okay." And I think that that would be a funny way for counselors to get scared in the game. Aww, <laughs> that that's yeah, very be, endearing. Uh, I appreciate that. Yeah, I mean, uh, is endearing the right word? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a very composed way of being scared. Like I. Like Sean Byron snapped that picture of me sneaking around a haunted house trying to not be scared. And so your way of being scared is much more like composed and respectable where you're just like, oh, okay, guy. All right. You got me. 
I mean, yeah. that's good. You're composed. I'm just like ridiculously stupid about it. So I think it becomes a rule of threes where like, yeah, the first two times somebody tries to scare me, I'm like, okay, I see you. I see you with your giant <laughs> Abraham Lincoln head. That's fine. Okay. <laughs> you got a knife in your hand. That's great. This is you're terrified of Abraham Lincoln. <laughs> This is one of the characters they had as part of like the Purge Election Day movie. That no, came I out. know. I'm te- I'm teasing oh, you. I'm just thinking of somebody <laughs> being afraid of Abraham Lincoln. <laughs> I never knew that I could be up until like that third time the same dude in that Abraham Lincoln giant paper mache head approached me and got me again. I'm like, God damn it, Abraham Lincoln. Yeah, I was <laughs> stumbling over words and all that stuff. Like, this has nothing to do with that, but uh, I somehow uh, was I caught Mac and me the other day on TV. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, <laughs> and I'm not under, I'm not understanding how I wasn't terrified of that movie as a child because that was a really um those costumes were horrible. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, especially they those... looked so creepy. They looked like soggy, <laughs> uh, soggy Mac and me. Yes, they look look like they look like. Sorry, gas is dying right now. Um, they look like they they look like prunes. I don't know. (laughs) Like it was just really just it was really disconcerting. Like I was very confused about this. Uh, Did they look um, like a prune smoothie though? A little bit, and I mean, (laughs) it was even stranger because have either of you ever watched the Comet Channel? Yes. Okay, so that's like my thing. Like that's pretty much all I watch. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was on during the middle of the day. And there are some days uh, because I work from home that I may work from the couch instead of my office because I like to watch TV. And mm-hmm. Mac and me was on, and I'm like, how did I not get freaked out by this? But was terrified by other really not scary things. Because they just look really scary. Sorry, that was kind of a rant, but well, it's all right. Yeah, they they do look weird. Me and Jesse P.S. did a audio commentary for that movie many years ago. That's probably still on the internet if you search for Awful Flicks. And yeah, their butts are especially scary. Like they have these. Oh my gosh! Yes. Butts. Yeah, it's. It's like, like they're wearing skin jackets that didn't get fitted well. Yeah, it's like they're wearing the skin of different aliens on their butts. And yeah, it's and like they have no shame at all. They're not even concerned about pants. I just don't care for them at all. One bit. No, like when people are like, I'm afraid of E.T. I'm like, have you seen Mac and me? Because fuck you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like E.T. is way cuter. At least his skin fit his body. Yeah. Oh, I hate those Mac and me aliens. But I'm very team E.T. So. Yeah. E.T. is a cute guy. He's got those big feet. I think that's cute. I mean, he also likes Reese Pieces, so I'm a fan. Yeah. And his eyes are centered uh, much better <laughs> onto his skull. Yeah. Yeah, that Mac and Me's eyes are enough to just, like, yeah, put, put anyone off, really. He's a waking nightmare, that Mac and Me. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh, did you have another law, Don? Oh, I'm sorry. Uh... Or is that your main law? I mean, that was my main law because I just made my student loan payment yesterday. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it was very top of mind. Because <laughs> um, I was like, oh, <laughs> there goes another, I don't know, something I could have in my life um, that matters. <laughs> um, so this one is a little, this makes me kind of a curmudgeon. That's what we specialize here in Pool Party Radio is being curmudgeonly. So this is totally yep. welcome. 
Okay, so I just want all fireworks to just go fuck themselves. I hate fireworks. <laughs> yeah. They make me so angry. I cannot stand them. They're pretty to look at from afar, but so this has this has some personal obvious, you know, throwback to it, but so we bought our house last April and we didn't really consider surveying the neighborhood for firework use because that's not really <laughs> something that I thought you had to do. Yeah. But mm-hmm. you should only uh, buy a house on July 4th just to make sure that there's no right. I should have definitely camped out then because my neighbors are fucking atrocity to humanity <laughs> and I want them to die. Um, first of all, like my dog's going blind, so she's very like triggery to noise and then the other dog was abused that we have so like fireworks and the dogs just don't really work out well and our neighbors apparently just think m80s in the alley are like the best thing ever for like five hours and Mm -hmm. it just made me very angry and then they just did fireworks last night not for a long time but like a couple hours and i can't call anybody about it because their friends their family members are cops so i'm just kind of stuck in this awkward holding pattern of warm weather means my dogs are going to have pre-heart attacks so i hate fireworks and i want them to go away that's understandable understandable what were they celebrating last night is there a something uh, they on? put their pool in for the season <laughs> <laughs> that's all I could glimmer or get out of that situation. I don't know. Like we had a real like neighbors <laughs> montage last year because they yelled at me and they were like, you're going to put in a yoga studio and open up a coffee stand. Cause you know, I stand for gentrification. Mm-hmm. <laughs> my, my mid thirties white self is definitely going to open a yoga stand or a coffee <laughs> parlor. I don't know. I, I like a yoga stand. It's like, can I get a, a- uh, downward bending dog, please. Yes. Right. I was like, this didn't even make any sense. Like this lady was just yelling at me about yoga stands and I'm like, you've clearly never done yoga, but that's okay. I like (laughs) the idea uh, of yoga stands. I like that they could just be on the street corner. You just (laughs) throw down your mat on the street corner. Next to like the place that you can get some horchata and a a torta. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I think that would work into this now. Yeah. That's pretty good. And it's, I live in a Polish Latino neighborhood, which does not make any sense. And yes, you can get pierogies and tacos here, and it's very weird. Um, Sounds good. So gentrification's been happening here, obviously. And I look like I would probably go fuck some shit up, like as a, I don't know, non specific white lady. (laughs) And (laughs) I don't know how they see me. You know what I mean? And uh, the next morning, we had all of this trash in our yard because of the fireworks so my husband's response to this was to pick all of it up and throw it in their pool (laughs) 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 which is like so mature (laughs) Mm -hmm. it's good though it works revenge is always good (laughs) that's probably that's probably a a real life pool party from our show's standpoint by the way no i mean it was so then like (laughs) he gets home from work and i'm like you have to go talk to the neighbors (laughs) So then now we're all, we're all cool, kind of. But they also just put their, like, they just opened their pool back up, and I'm, like, ready to kill myself already. And I'm like, so can we move? Like, I know we just bought this house, but they're just a little too noisy for me. Yeah. So fireworks, bad idea. I agree. 
Uh, I especially agree that fireworks, just to celebrate the fact that your pool has water in it for the first time in the year, is not the best use of fireworks. Right. Also, they have a dog and they're mean to it. So I think they're assholes. Anyways. I think in my experience, like uh, the most common reason to the most common reason for celebration uh, and setting off fireworks is the fact that people have just discovered that they have additional fireworks to set off. <laughs> like, it doesn't take oh, much. Yeah. It's like, hey, we still have fireworks. Let's set them off then. That's usually been the reason that I've seen. Like, they don't really need a particular event. It's just like, hey, check it out. I got these fireworks. And that's reason enough. Well, and that's the awkward thing too, Jason, like about the whole situation in this case is like they're, I mean, they're, they've been very nice neighbors to us like 95% of the time. So this is where I feel mm-hmm. bad. Yeah. It's like, you know, you know, this is my first home that I've owned myself and like when shit's gone wrong, they've been very diligent to be like, oh, here's this person, call them. They're in our neighborhood. They're awesome. They're cheap, whatever. So that's really awesome. But, you know. They're also very stereotypical Chicago, which I'm not from here originally. So even though I've been here 10 years, it's still weird. Mm -hmm. Uh, And they handle things very confrontational. And they think that everybody wants to be involved in whatever situation. And like, it's not such a big deal for me. But like, uh, my husband's like a microbiologist. And he has to get up at like five in the morning to go to the lab. So if Mm -hmm. you're setting off fireworks at 11 o'clock at night, I kind of want to kill you. (laughs) (laughs) Because his ass needs to get up and go to work, and I want to be respectful of that. And I don't know what they do or don't do, you know, because, like, they've been here forever. So, like, I don't know what their social mobility is, you know what I mean? Like, it's three generations of a family living in a house. So, like, I don't even – and they've had the house for over 40 years, so I don't even know if they have to, like – you know what I mean? Like, it's just a different way of living. And I'm like, we need to pay our bills, so don't be assholes. Stop letting off fireworks. I don't know why you have so many. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and just go away. Like, stop. Stop being jerks. I promise I wouldn't open up a yoga stand. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I really, you've promised I that. Don't get, go ahead. I don't get the appeal of, of fireworks. Uh, it, like, once I was past 13. Well, it's I don't get them when you when live like as adult. close as I do. Like, to houses either. That's the weirdest part. Like, and I'm sorry to cut you off, Jason, but, like, I live in the city. Like, I'm, like... I have a postage stamp size yard. You know what I mean? (laughs) So like, why is letting off fireworks that awesome when you could legitimately catch your neighbor's barn on fire garage or. Uh, Yeah. Fireworks are bad. Like, like you were saying, burning down people's houses accidentally is not a good thing. And that happens here. (laughs) Like all the time. Like, isn't your dog a senior? My dog. Well, he's like seven, seven or eight. So he's almost a senior. So He's pushing it there. Yeah, for some reason, he doesn't get upset about fireworks. Like, he gets upset about everything else. Like, okay, if the cat gets too close to him, he gets upset. Like, if the neighbors make sounds, he gets upset. Like, if the lizards move slightly, he gets upset. But fireworks, he's, like, pretty cool with. But, uh, yeah, like, I, I used to be, like, all super into fireworks and, like, let anybody do fireworks. It's dumb, they're illegal. Like, just set them off all day, every day. But then I moved here and, like, like literally... Like dozens of houses burned down in every city in California on Fourth of July because there's no water and it's a drought mm-hmm. and like fireworks just make entire cities just burn up and it's like why would you do this to yourselves like what is oh this? no for sure <laughs> like 
I don't know about either of you, but do you guys have dormers? Are they po- like popular uh, on houses where you guys live? I don't know what that is. I'm not familiar. Okay, so it's like where like a, a one-story house gets bumped out to have like a second floor or a second alcove. So yeah. dormers are really popular in Chicago because a lot of the houses were bungalows. So they were like one floor with maybe an attic pitch. And then to like compensate for like American desires to have all of the space, people have been bumping up houses and they're called dormers. Mm-hmm. There's your house knowledge for the day. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> so we have a dormer in our house and my window in my bedroom looks out on like the pitch of the roof, um, the original part of the roof. And it was just like after 4th of July, it just looked like a a graveyard of like fireworks that like really grateful that we have a newer roof because this shit would have caught on fire. Mm-hmm. Like there was just so much out there. Like it wasn't like a couple wrappers or like, you know, whatever. It was just like the whole roof looked like it had been <laughs> rained upon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then it's like, and then the neighborhood committee, like, because I contacted them, I'm like, is this normal? And they're like, well, there's so many cops in your neighborhood, nobody does anything about it. And I'm like, fantastic. Way to reinforce that corporate, or not corporate, but that like uh, corrupt Chicago cop like trope. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, you're just leaning all the way into it, guys. Thanks. Yeah, those corrupt Chicago cops are the worst because uh, they're usually controlled by big fireworks. The big fireworks <laughs> lobby. And like, yeah, I mean. It's no good. You don't want to mess with that lobby. They're the worst in all of America. It's it's a weird, it, I don't, it's like the weirdest hill to die on if you're a cop, in my opinion, but whatever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that is true. Um, but, you know, also if you're in Chicago, you serve lasagna and tell people it's pizza. So, like, there's, there's weird stuff going on. It's a on pizza there. casserole, Parker. <laughs> It doesn't even make sense to me. It's just lasagna. It is not a casserole. It's a pizza. I'm sorry. It's not lasagna. It's a pizza casserole. I'm sorry. I don't know. I don't understand the pizzas there. The hot dogs. are. No, I also think it's gross as fuck. Yeah. (laughs) But I'll stick up for it because Pequod's is pretty okay. Okay. I didn't know. I've only had like one Chicago style pizza. And I was like, "What, what is this? This is like a whole thing. It's not pizza. There's barely any bread involved in this. Yeah, but. you have to find places that serve Quad City as pizza here or New York style, and there's a lot. Yeah, that's the good style. Yeah, that's the kind we get. When uh, people visit and they're like, I would like Chicago style, I'm like, well, you here is a place you can go without <laughs> us. Have fun <laughs> with that. Um, yeah, speaking of New York and Chicago styles, uh, this is a bad segue, but uh, we're going to do <laughs> The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly, uh, a segment that originated in New York, and then Chicago uh, adopted it later. Um, this is a segment where, as you know, if you've listened to more than one episode, we take a topic, we make good examples, bad examples, and ugly examples of said topic, usually for comedic effect, uh, and sometimes for angry effect, I guess. And so, yeah, we're going to do it uh, in honor of Becca to the Future, the podcast. We're going to do it with people that you could quantum leap into uh, who would be good, bad, and ugly uh, to do that for. And, uh, yeah, so, Mr. Frisbee, I'm eager. You mentioned yes. you're good earlier, and you said you couldn't yeah, spoil it. Yeah, thank you for not yeah. falling on my first. <laughs> That's quite all right. Okay. <laughs> Mr. Frisbee. Sorry, sorry, Jason. 
I'm eager to hear Mr. Frisbee's. You teased it earlier. Now I got to know what it is. So what's your good, Mr. Frisbee? My good uh, for quantum leaping Mm -hmm. is that I would like to quantum leap into the body of uh, Dr. Sam Beckett for the entirety (laughs) of the quantum leap series. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh, Because that way I could get more leaps out of it, you know, because he's leaping into other people so it'd be like this russian doll thing where i or like a uh, being john malkovich sort of thing where i could be dr sam beckett who could then be other people throughout time and space I but mean, just through that run solid and then like then whenever i reach the final destination i can just leap out and you can be like oh nothing bad happened to me so that's good <laughs> so am i allowed to am i allowed to cut you off for a second yeah, go for it. So you should listen to episode four of my podcast uh, because that's the finale episode, actually, which is really strange because we're doing everything out of order, as I mentioned. Uh huh. And it's the series finale, and it talks a little bit about no spoilers about what you just you just spoke of. Nice. See, so I never watched the finale, so I'm hoping. Yeah, like- it's a pretty bad episode, actually. <laughs> so. <laughs> Oh, um, I would say the podcast would serve you fine if you want to listen to it uh, or you could watch it. It's available on Hulu and NBC.com. But uh, yeah, he uh, needs to reconcile his opinions on leaping as well. Yeah, I like this. Uh, this makes logical sense to me. I I think that Exhibit would show up and joke about how if you like leaping, then you could leap while you leap. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And I appreciate that. And yeah, you get the most out of your leaps. You get to leap so many more times than any of us with only one person on our list, I assume. So I respect this. I respect this decision. Uh, Thanks. So before we go any further, can we talk about the whole the whole canon of leaping and what's supposed to happen? Yeah, let's talk about the leaping rules a bit. Yeah, so the rules are basically you're not supposed to leap into anybody who wasn't alive during your own timeline. So like for me, I was born in 81, so I should only be leaping into people that were born or alive after my birth date, which uh, just some trivia, if anybody cares about it, Mm -hmm. there are five episodes that Sam Beckett actually leaps in that have not happened during his lifetime. He was a fetus for four of them, and he was an <laughs> great uncle, great, great, his great, great uncle in one of them. Oh, weird. Yeah. Yeah. So he just don't, you know, don't, don't watch the world or don't watch the leap between the states. <laughs> you can kind of probably figure out where that's going right there. Ooh, it was yeah. a rough one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I imagine that's just like, uh, not too much consideration paid to to how that stuff actually would have happened, but just more of like an interesting. Wouldn't it be neat if you know he was a uh, Confederate soldier and a Union soldier at different times? Pretty much, and uh, also hooking up with his great grandma. But wait, it's supposed to occur within his lifetime. So, is it the Civil War that it's alluding to, or yeah, it's the Civil War. They f- they fudge it in season the five. Fuck? Yeah, that's, and you can't then they kind of okay. spread the canon right. to say, well, it's a relative. And I'm like, okay, whatever. <laughs> a relative. All right. So that just, yeah, that pretty much expands it to whatever then. Well, I guess, yeah, 
I mean, since the show took place within my lifetime, I hope that works. But if not, I'm oh yeah, you're good. You're totally good. I would also say like Scott Bakula during the run of Quantum Leap. Like (laughs) I have to help Scott Bakula fulfill his his uh, life achievement of being in Quantum Leap. So I get to play Scott Bakula playing Sam Beckett, who plays as these other people. Yeah, and if you were Scott Bakula, that means you could also act in the movie Necessary Roughness, and you would get to hang out with Kathy Ireland and Sinbad, and like that's cool. Those guys are cool. That was one of my favorite movies. Only if when it I takes place like eight years old or something. Me too. He's also a huge Broadway star. Didn't know that about Scott Bakula until I got really deep into this. It makes he sense. does all of his own uh, singing and um, dancing for all of the episodes. Oh, is that what he's? Was that what he planned on doing before he went to TV or is that it just, just kind uh, of both happened and that's what he does in okay. between. Cool. I'm into that. So yeah, you look forward Who's to that next? too, Mr. Frisbee. Oh, all I'll, right. I'll go next. My good is the film director, Neil Breen. <laughs> I would like to be him desperately because a, that means that I get to direct lots of really cool movies. Okay, that's subjective, but fine, move on. <laughs> and also, he lives in Las Vegas, which is something I want to do desperately. Uh, or just anywhere that like has a bookstore, any town with a bookstore, and that has more than one street downtown, would be good. Uh, and that doesn't <laughs> smell like poop and is not infested with cockroaches. Uh, you know, just anywhere except for here, I would move. So the fact that he lives anywhere except oh, it for sounds here. like you really love where you live. <laughs> it's a great town, great town. It smells like doo-doo. <laughs> Bats <laughs> everywhere. Uh, it's horrible so so there's that um he i like here a lot better than that so i'm sorry (laughs) that's quite all right Uh, i at least can get pierogi tacos (laughs) yeah yeah well yeah the tacos are the one good thing here although they don't have pierogies in them but uh yeah so all of those things he's also like vastly confident to put out these terrible movies and blindly confident is i think what you meant (laughs) yeah yeah (laughs) <laughs> just irrationally confident which uh which would be good to have as a skill um he also has like a lot of cool cameras i guess you know <laughs> and he's like got a lot of access to a lot of cool cars and stuff so um have you ever considered buying real estate from him because he is also a realtor that's true that's what i've heard um no he is i mean it's not even like a question <laughs> he really really is it's a man uh, of many hats yeah Many more hats than other co- other uh, um, fellow director, Hatless Jackson. Zero hats on that guy. <laughs> um, but yeah, I could buy a house from him. It would be in Las Vegas, though. It would only cost like $2,000 or something, which would be good. Yeah, they have a very low cost uh, real estate market. It's pretty impressive. Yeah. And uh, so that would be good. I also hear my friend Sean Byron follows him on Facebook, and apparently he checks into the Hustler Club like, every single thursday at 3 p.m or something so uh yes he does <laughs> i would like to meet up with him then at some point maybe talk to him like just just be the one guy who stakes out at a hustler club to meet a, a weird cult film director i think that's uh what my life is my life has devolved into i think that would be fun did you not meet him at the la premiere no i didn't go to the la premiere i just got into him like maybe like a year and a half ago i discovered him so it's okay yeah, he hasn't been out here since then. He went, I think, I mean, he comes out here every once in a while for his movies. But also, I kind of don't want to see any of his movies in public because 
I don't want anybody to goof on him. Like, I don't want to see his sad face as everybody's laughing at his movie. <laughs> I don't know. Like, when I went to the, I went to the last, uh, I went to his premiere here, and people weren't really laughing as much as it was more of like a positive audience experience. That's pretty cool, then. I would like to be associated with that. Yeah, like people were like, "Yeah, fuck yeah!" Like, hi, like cheer. I mean, everyone was also kind of drunk, so maybe that was it. But, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I mean, it was a really positive experience. I mean, I I'm biased because I organized it, but <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I'm sure there were some hecklers among the crowd, but I mean, we had people that drove like six hours away to come to it. That's understandable. I would drive six hours to see neil breen in one of his movies on the big screen they're so cinematic how could you not Uh, i mean they are i mean there's nothing uh more you know amazing than seeing his ball sack accidentally (laughs) multiple times and yeah accidentally (laughs) have you have you scared quotes around that one Mm -hmm. right exactly i'd only looked up this person one time and i think it was after you parker had mentioned this person at all uh and already, like, YouTube is suggesting things I might like. Like, oh, here's some Neil Breen uh, documentary or review stuff that's totally up your alley. And I'm like, I, I'm not that interested. But I'm getting all these suggestions now just from, like, one Google search mm-hmm. to figure out who this guy is. So, yeah, he's got a hell of a SEO backup there where people are just like, we found a guy who just looked up his name. Make sure he's bombarded with Neil Breen <laughs> stuff on YouTube. Yeah, make sure. Make sure you search for Neil Breen and Junk Food Dinner on YouTube to find our new video where we talk about Neil Breen. Be sure of that, Mr. Frisbee. <laughs> I'm talking specifically to you. No one else. Well, now, now that you said it in that way, it's going to happen. Okay. Uh, Don, what is your, your good person to leap into? You don't have a second one? Uh, no, I didn't have a backup one. Neil Breen's the only person I even considered. Oh, wow. <laughs> That's how good he is. I, I feel like I, I kind of, I, I did not prepare for this as well as I should have because mine is like, mine's like lame and like all like feels based. Go for it. Yeah, that works. Mine is Iris Apfel. <gasps> I, I don't know who that is. Me neither. <laughs> That's fine. She, uh, you do though. She is a very elderly person now. She was a designer. Uh, she's, gosh, I don't even know how old she is. Probably close to 96, 95. Okay. She is the woman who wears the giant sunglasses and way too many accessories. Okay. Yeah. She just had a documentary put out about her. Like yeah. A year Iris. Or two ago. Yes. All right. I have loved her for years because basically I'm going to be her when I'm 90. Mm -hmm. And, you know, after my dad died, I started getting really into learning more about my Jewish side of my family. And she's Jewish. So, of course, I'd want to, you know, experience that. And she had a textile business and she lived in New York City. And she just seems like a kind of really nice, sweet lady. And I would have liked to have experienced her, her life to some degree. That's I don't know what I could have fixed, but she's just a cute little old lady. Yeah, that is part of what Sam Beckett does is he fixes stuff for people. So this lady seems like she had it all figure out, figured out. Like, I don't know how you could help, but it'd be fun to just be inside and uh, live in her life. She sounds cool. She sounds like she has a lot of sunglasses. She has lots yeah. of really great glasses and amazing accessories. 
I may have some of her accessories, just going to be honest. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm into it. I think I actually have a pair of her earrings on right now. <laughs> You're halfway there. Yeah. I yeah. just need like 60 more years. Yeah. Um, Mr. Frisbee. But you- if I was looking for somebody who I wanted to actually like help along or help fix life with. Mm-hmm. I probably would, and and by no means am I trying to uh, steal Jason's thunder with his backup of Obama post-administration, but I'd probably go with Michelle Obama because, like, I feel like especially during the very awkward transition between uh, their family leaving the White House and the new family entering the White House, she got, like, a little bit of shade in the press. And I kind of feel like, you know... I would I would like to be her to see what it was like to have to navigate those situations. Yeah, it'd be interesting because it's there's a little bit of distance there. Mm-hmm. And uh yeah, I think she'll she'll probably be one of the more memorable first ladies at least. Oh, she's forward. our generation's Jackie, for sure, I think. Yeah, I think that would be I would probably like get real stressed out. Like I never check are my newspaper's comments section. So I would be like really stressed out if, oh God. if I was Michelle Obama having to like navigate through that kind of stuff. Like <laughs> the three comments we got on every story on my, at my newspaper. Like, I'm just like, it's too much for me. I can't look. <laughs> so I can only imagine what it would be like to be. It's super like a- hard. I mean, when you're, you're put in that position to be the face of something and you don't necessarily want to deal with it every day. Yeah. Um, and also having to deal with a handoff. That was clearly not something that was she she was too keen on. <laughs> yeah. And having to handle it while being constantly the face in media. Yeah. Yeah, that handoff would be especially bad. Like I, I lived in this place for a while where I had these black and red walls that somebody painted. And still to this day I have anxiety about whether or not somebody who lives there now will have painted over them. Because I think they're super cool, but mm-hmm. not everybody would because they're like real gothy looking. Mm-hmm. So I can only imagine how someone leaving the White House would feel. Donald Trump's probably in there spray painting on all the Abraham Lincoln paintings and stuff. I mean, everything's got to have gold gold uh, uh, flake. Mm-hmm. He, <laughs> he's just like writing his name on Sharpie in Sharpie on all the like <laughs> Van Buren paintings and stuff. He's probably doing all kinds of crazy the, stuff. In the there. Lincoln White House is now firewood. Yeah. Or Lincoln Bedroom's now firewood. Yeah, yeah. He's probably doing all kinds of stuff. Changing the sheets. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, okay, I'll give him that. Like, I would like to change the sheets too, but. Well, yeah. I imagine he's probably changing them and replacing them with sheets with a much lower thread count. And that's. But he's going to talk them up like they're the best, though. Yeah. Like, there's, there's never been a higher <laughs> thread count than this. 400 thread count sheet. Mm-hmm. Very disrespectful. Disrespectful thread count. Why are you knocking that? I just like luxury. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> you you up there with your frugal 800 thread count? Like I don't I don't know if you know how the that works. When I'm spending money on uh, comfort, there really is no price on that. <laughs> hey, I can get behind that. <laughs> but if it's like food. Or or other general upkeep? Nah, it's, or it's video games. Yeah, mm-hmm. video games definitely not. 
Yeah. Frisbee's got a thread count like you wouldn't believe at his house. Everything's sounds like it. I mean, I thought my I thought my thread count was pretty pretty decent. I buy some pretty high end linens because I'm a princess like that, but <laughs> everything's uh Egyptian cotton over at Frisbee's house. Every single thing you find is made out of Egyptian cotton. He, he loves it. <laughs> Anything that can be made out of cotton, yes, it is that. Are you, are you now uh, are you now a rep for Parachute Home? You guys should probably hit them up for a, a podcast sponsorship. I think that would be good. Just go to their website and use the promo code Pool Party Radio if you want ten percent off. <laughs> if you I'm want to demand ten percent really off of anything, they look amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, Frisbee, what is your bad person to leap into? My bad is. Uh, Scott Bakula when he's not doing Quantum Leap. Um, But in particular, he was on an episode of It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia recently as himself playing Scott Bakula today and the only job that he could get is as a janitor. And I thought that was the saddest thing in the world. And the episode was about like uh, leaping into other people's bodies and the crew on that show is trying to figure out like, how do we get out of these bodies and whatnot? And they find Scott Bakula and they're like, Scott Bakula, you're in quantum leap. You must know how this works. And he's like working as a, uh, as a janitorial aide at a nursing home. And he's like, you got the wrong guy. I'm not Scott Bakula. I just look like him. And then he has this moment to himself, a uh, musical number, actually going back to Don's point that he sings his own songs and all that stuff uh, where he, he laments, like, why can't I get any work? outside of quantum leap. And I think it's just a jab that he hasn't been on TV when he's done all this other cool shit like stage and, and film and whatnot. But yeah, even if he was like totally gung ho about that scene and everything, I'm still like, yeah, that's a pretty bummer move. I don't know if I would have been down for that. And it's kind of weird that you bring that up because um, being the huge Scott Bakula fan that I am, which is not really that big, but uh, <laughs> I've read enough about, his backstory. So he was, he's been married twice. And with his first marriage, he kind of puts not blame, but the requirements of quantum leap on why it was hard to keep that marriage going. And then why it ended up ending. Mm. Uh, So when he signed for what he's currently on, which is I think NCIS new Orleans, he's put like a bunch of requirements in place. Like he has to be home on weekends. He has to be home for dinner at a certain time. Etc. Uh, because he feels like he really kind of missed a lot of his child, his children's childhoods, uh, which I found really interesting. And then uh, the segue to why I know this much about Scott Macula is uh, a part of a podcast community that I am a part of uh, in uh, Chicago, as well as uh, it's based out in LA. Now they uh, have a short, uh, a big, sh- well, I would say it's pretty big now. They have their own show on television as well. My brother, my brother and me. Mm-hmm. And a couple of the hosts of that show, as well as their, their respective partners are huge quantum leap fans. And to segue this all through a lot of weird channels, uh, Lynn Manuel Miranda of Hamilton fame, uh, is a big, my brother, my brother and me fan. And they had been wanting to get Scott Bakula in some way, shape or form on their show. And 
it took Lynn Manuel Miranda to get him to even like acknowledge the request. And he basically did like a two minute video for them. So I don't know how oh, that works wow. in, but there's my like deep Scott Bakula knowledge. <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure I got on a, it's always sunny either. Cause I mean, I, to be honest, like I remember you introducing me to that show, like back in 05, I'd been gone. Mm-hmm. Uh, for a bit. You're in Japan, right? Yeah, and I just had not kept up with uh, stuff that was happening. That happened while I was away, and that first season still rules. It's awesome. I haven't really kept up with it otherwise, but I yeah, had Yeah, me on. either, actually. <laughs> it's still on. and It's like what, and it's like, 30, like 13th season? Something like that, 12th yeah. 12th or 13th, somewhere around there. Yeah, and I was surprised, and it was like a, a musical episode, and it was all about like jumping into other people's bodies. And I mean, people say it's great. I just I don't have enough time in my life to watch all of the TV that I'm supposed to watch. Yeah, except for like Quantum Leap now. <laughs> That's the Appar- thing about it. Yeah, like, I'm, no. <laughs> like I'm watching. I'm doing this other podcast called uh, Zat- uh, the Blind Podsman, a Zatuichi podcast, and we're watching all the Zatuichi Chambara films. And I'm just like, I I have to make time on my week to do this now. Like I can't watch other stuff that's more current because here I am like watching something that's. 30 or 40 years old. And I love it. I totally dig it. I wouldn't have done it otherwise. Would have been like a, like a personal endeavor. I have mm-hmm. to do it for a show, a podcast. But it's funny yeah. how it like bumps away other stuff. Well, yeah, no, exactly. I mean, that's kind of how Quantum Leap happened. I didn't, I don't know if I even told Parker this, but the way this originally became a thing, uh, my husband Benjamin and I were talking about just, you know, TV shows from childhood type situation. And, and this show came up and we originally talked about the idea and he's pretty shy. So he was kind of like, well, I don't know if I want to do it. And then my friend, Rachel, who is my co-host now, Rachel Rosing, she was like, oh yeah, fuck yeah, I'll do that. And I was like, okay. So we just kind of did it. Um, and then didn't consider that there's a hundred episodes basically and that we have to watch every single one of them. And, uh, as you both probably can imagine from knowing me over the years, I'm very research centric. So I spend not only the time watching them, but I spend a lot of time researching things about the episode. Like was the place real? And is that actually historically accurate and all that stuff? It's very time consuming. Yeah. That's something that you guys need to do on Zatuichi more. That way you don't get that one guy messaging you. <laughs> yeah, we had we had a listener write in saying like, "Can I tell you a few things about Japan? Because it seems like getting a lot of this wrong." <laughs> oh no! And and I don't know what exactly it was because, to my knowledge, there wasn't like a blind swordsman going around Japan during like the uh, Tokugawa era. <laughs> so I'm sure it would have been enlightening. It's just like, come on, dude, this is a fucking goofy ass movie podcast. I don't think we're Oh, I mean, we get it, too. I mean, we had somebody that after our second episode dropped was like, you said this, this, this and wrong. Mm-hmm. I'm like, OK, that's cool. <laughs> Thank right you on. for sharing that. <laughs> like, I'm never going to say that name again. Yeah, yeah. Like, at least if nothing else, it proves that somebody's like dedicatedly listening. I just hope that they're not taking it super seriously. Either. Yeah, just don't be a dick about it, though. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> um. Speaking of being a dick about things, my bad is, well, this person, no, no, it's quite all right. Um, I'm, this person's not the dick, 
but he had to fight a dickish man, although even that guy wasn't necessarily a dick. But anyway, it's um, it's Muhammad Ali. The only time I could jump into Muhammad Ali during my lifetime would be when he was like kind of old and shouldn't have been fighting anymore, but he kept fighting, and he fought. That this- was Mike Tyson. Huh? Go ahead. No, I'm sorry. Oh uh, no, Mike Tyson actually got revenge on this guy, but. Muhammad Ali, one of his last fights was against this dude named Larry Holmes, who was a very tough man. Oh, that's right. Sorry. Uh, that's quite all right. Mm. And yeah, so Larry Holmes beat up the greatest human that ever lived, Muhammad Ali, unmerciful, uh, and took the fight knowing full well that Muhammad Ali was way too old to be fighting and way too uh, neurologically distressed. Yeah, he was like one punch away from Parkinson's. Yeah, pretty much. He already, like, he was beginning to have it. Uh, like noticeably at the time and this dude still decided to fight him because he's a jerk and uh which is probably why he had so many problems later in life but so so that would be bad to go from from missing out on being the greatest person who ever lived when he was the greatest person who ever lived uh to having to be him getting beaten up by larry holmes would be very bad but mike tyson got revenge on uh larry holmes later and beat the crap out of him for like specifically for what he did to Muhammad Ali, I think he said in an interview. So, uh, so that's why I love Mike Tyson. But uh, yeah, so that would be my bad. It's okay. A, it's did, a did they ever sell his weird t- tiger sanctuary in Ohio? Oh, um, Mike Tyson's. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Maybe there's a lot of weird tiger sanctuaries in Ohio. Like when I worked at the. Well, that was like a big one that he owned right outside of Cleveland before he went bankrupt. Uh, and I know it was abandoned for a while, but I don't know what ever happened to it. Yeah, I don't know. I'll look into it. That would be cool. I would <laughs> maybe Neil Breen can sell it to me. I would love to live it at a, right. At We're like, can you go find this property in like this weird suburb of Ohio in <laughs> Cleveland? Maybe I think it was maybe Cleveland. I don't know. I just remember uh, some of some of my high school friends that were super into breaking into shit and taking pictures. Um went there that's pretty cool yeah it's i assume it's probably gone now but i mean you never know yeah i don't know what is your bad person to leap into don so mine like i said it was super generic and my bad was most if not all politicians Mm -hmm. that works (laughs) because i was just kind of like i can't pick one person like i'm I've, i've been having really sad feels about our state of society and so I just kind of wrote everybody. <laughs> yeah, I know one of my backups was like anybody who's part of the current like presidential administration, but definitely anybody who has to appear on TV. Like if I had to leap into anybody who had to make a television appearance, like Conway or Sean Spicer, that'd be the worst. It'd just yeah, be the worst. Like, like I almost put Kellyanne like, Conway oh, for that reason. Hmm. Because I feel like she doesn't even know what she's saying. <laughs> like, she's just like. <laughs> and I don't know how I could, like, reconcile that and or do anything to fix it without, like, derailing. Because that was always the tricky thing about about Sam Beckett was, like, he had to fix this person's life, but not. Correct a major change in society, you know. Mm-hmm. Like, he couldn't. He couldn't save JFK from being killed, but he could save something from happening from JFK being killed. Mm. And it's like uh, the most recent episode that we recorded before today 
was about Elvis. And it was like, well, you couldn't fuck up Elvis's storyline, but you had to help Elvis help this person get a singing career. So it's like, what would I do to help Kelly and Conway? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe just like get her a library card. I mean, maybe that would be it. Like, be like totally like reading Rainbow her ass. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, just sign up for a book club or something. <laughs> something, yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, something simple. Um, That works. Mr. Frisbee, what is your ugly? My ugly uh, would be Admiral Al uh, Calavici during the run of Quantum Leap because he just pops in and gets like witness somebody doing something really cool by time traveling to other people's bodies. But he doesn't actually get to do that. He just has to like play a Greek chorus and comment on it. Um, I guess on the upside, what makes this ugly is like the cool things is that people will get to walk through him. And that's pretty cool. Yeah, <laughs> they do. And he gets like a little, uh, weird futurist block communication device that, that like glows Ziggy. and that's pretty neat. Yep. And I think it's the smoke, which can be cool. At least <laughs> if I'm remembering yeah, the last episode that's... was his most cigars per episode is four. Yeah, he smokes cigars, and that's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Even though it's like you know bad for your health and all that stuff, uh, and he gets to dress in a really cool way, mm-hmm. but he nobody gets to me. really see it except Sam. So that's a bummer. Yeah, we have a segment about his fashion every episode, <laughs> and we do rate his outfits. And we're very. The thing cool. was, if I ever take a step, yeah, yeah, they're very cool outfits, but they can be like a bit bonkers sometimes too. Oh yeah. You're just like, okay. And what's even more interesting is like, I graduated high school in 99. And when we see Sam in all of these episodes, it's basically 97 and 2000 roughly. Mm-hmm. And like, that's what he thought like turn of the millennia or that's what they thought turn of like the millennia fashion was going to be. And I'm like, so everything is metallic and hologrammed and below ties. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And if I take it a step back, like I did with uh, Sam Beckett to uh, 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 Scott Bakula, if I take it a step back to, I think it's Dean Stockwell who plays. Yeah, Al. it is Dean Stockwell. See, yeah, I'd be really thrilled to be Dean Stockwell really at any point of his life. But I'd also be thinking, like, man, if I'm doing this leap for the run of Dean Stockwell during Quantum Leap, that means I'm gonna have to miss out on Dean Stockwell during like any of his '80s movies runs, like Paris, Texas. That'd be a cool movie to be in. Or uh, Blue Velvet. He's a weird character in that one. That'd yeah, be pretty cool. So I'd be really thrilled because it's Quantum Leap, but I'm also like, oh man, I wish I could just be Dean Stockwell forever. <laughs> so it'd be a it'd be a bummer in that regard. Yeah. Okay, that's fair. I got you. I won't uh I won't keep giving you more history because I feel like everything I say might be a spoiler, but uh <laughs> you end up finding out in the end that a lot of the reason uh Al's character and basically you find out that Al's character gets a lot of redemption because of a choice that uh Sam Beckett makes in the series finale. Oh uh, okay. 
You'll be redeemed, Frisbee. I will. I will redeem Dean Stockwell as Admiral Al. Yeah. The yes. Re- the redemption he gets is that okay. Sam Beckett destroys every copy of Blue Velvet for him, so that he doesn't <laughs> have to be in that terrible movie. <laughs> Harsh critic, there, Parker. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> just don't like that Dennis Hopper. I don't know. That's fair. He's kind of annoying. Every time I think of Dennis Hopper, I think of Speed. Yeah. (laughs) And then you think of the movie he was in with uh, Keanu Reeves. (laughs) Waka waka. (laughs) What was your ugly? You're so good. (laughs) My ugly would be anyone, any man who was alive in the early 80s who was not Burt Reynolds. (laughs) By comparison. By comparison, you would be ugly because Burt Reynolds was the most perfect man physically, uh, most attractive man of all time, especially in the, at this period, like the, the mid seventies to the mid eighties, just, uh, just a perfect specimen, just very attractive, so charismatic. You couldn't have that much charisma these days. They wouldn't allow you. You'd be put in jail immediately. Um, <laughs> so yeah, so I feel like. You know, there was just this large shadow looming over all other men at the time where, like, no one could be Burt Reynolds except for Burt Reynolds. And it was probably, like, a real tough time to be alive. So, uh, so that's my ugly. <laughs> okay. That's an interesting choice. I would have said Sylvester Stallone had more on Burt Reynolds, but that would be just me. <sighs> yeah. But, I mean, <laughs> Sylvester Stallone never, like, had a cool fast car or a cowboy hat. Like, I mean, he was pretty cool, but, like... No, but he kicked people's asses and had montages. <laughs> oh, that's true. Burt Ren- Yeah, I don't think Burt Reynolds... And it wasn't even in, Reynolds. like, just Rocky. I mean, you've seen Rambo. That's true. Well, now I'm going to have to... I'm going to have to think about this. I'm going to have to... Sorry. <laughs> watch a lot of movies. <laughs> I watched a lot of stuff about Sylvester Stallone yesterday, so it's very top of mind. <laughs> I'd say I would still go with Parker on saying that like early eighties for for Fine pure for me. male physicality is Burt Reynolds, but then like eighty five on through the nineties, like early nineties would be uh Sylvester Stallone. Like Tab Cola era, like with the robots <laughs> Sylvester Stallone. <laughs> yeah. I think yeah. so. I mean, because then he would have appeared in Sorry, like, I just love that goddamn robot so much. It's a good robot. Yeah. Happy birthday, Polly. Um, <laughs> uh, or was it Christmas? Was he a Christmas robot or a birthday robot? I, don't I forget. Remember. Like I remember a Christmas tree in the background. <laughs> okay, I can't remember like what the occasion was for him to greet Polly, but that was there. But anyway, like late eighties had like oh, go ahead, Tango sorry. and Cash. It was like Tango and Cash, and like a couple of like Stallone's other good-looking films no for sure yeah i watched uh, chuck norris versus communism last night and uh part of the episode is uh some of the people that lived in romania at the time talking about stallone's like physical prowess being like such a reason for them to like want to get out and be like i care about life and i'm gonna I guess beat people up basically. <laughs> We're not going to sit down and deal with this communism anymore. Yeah, that's that's a good time in your life when you make that choice. 
<laughs> I mean, you know, I mean, it was a pretty rough time. I'm not Romanian, but I imagine from the way it was depicted, it looked pretty shitty. So, yeah. Yeah. Then, like, when you're Romanian, like, not only do you have to deal with, like, the specter of the Soviet Union, but, like, there's also, like, a lot of vampires. It's it's a terrible place to live. Yeah, and also a lot of those gypsies with the giant dresses. Yeah, there's a lot of curses going on, a lot of wolfmans. Uh-huh. <laughs> That's <laughs> true. Um, so, yeah, Don, what is your ugly? I mean, mine is so lame. You guys, like, you know, you, you've got it. You've got your, like... Uh, your humor to 11 and mine's like from watching this show, a person of another race, ethnicity or, an, a, or a group that has experienced social play, because that's awkward as fuck to deal with. <laughs> yeah. Especially if like, right. Yeah. Cause then you wouldn't know what's cool to do or say or anything. Actually. Oh, yeah. That, like uh, I have to talk about on my next episode, a guy, I, you know, Sam leaps into a man that's African American, and I'm like, I am not a subject matter expert on this experience. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and like recently, we were just talking about this before the show. Uh, like uh, Bill Maher, who has not leaped into anybody, uh, <laughs> but apparently thinks he has. Yeah. But apparently, he feels like it's still cool for him to drop the N word. Uh, yeah, he is a person who has like no personal qualms about it. I think that's when you have to worry about the person who's leaping at other people because then it's just going to be awkward as hell. Right, exactly. And like, I don't want to say anything that comes off like insensitive, but I also want to be like true to the episode and like also look at the historical context. But then also, I'm like still a white lady. Mm-hmm. At your core. And then that would be hard to explain <laughs> to people around you while you're leaped into somebody else. You're like, at my core, I'm a white lady. And people would be like, what the fuck? Exactly. And like in the episode that I'm I'm recording on, like there's so many moments where like there are things that Sam does that I'm like, you would so not do this if you were a black man. Mm. Like there's this part where he like stands up and tells the bank like that they're being an asshole and that like if, you know, this because he's talking to a black banker, he's like, you know, you got ahead. You obviously worked through it you know that's great for you but why can't you pay it forward to your own people and i'm like i don't know if somebody else would have said that in 1954 that was not a white man Mm -hmm. yeah that'd be super difficult yeah right so there's a lot of awkwardness on there and i just not looking forward to it so we'll work through that (laughs) (laughs) yeah I mean, you know, on the plus side, at least Bill Maher did take a lot of the pressure off this week. So even if you say something yeah, very bad. Yeah, good timing, Bill Maher. <laughs> Thank you for being an asshole. Yeah. Even if you say something like really, really insensitive, like he's got you covered. He'll take the headlines for you. He'll take the brunt of the of the heat on Twitter. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I can give you that. That's good. Yeah. Yeah, that would be rough. Um, but yeah. Oh, also real quick. That's the good, the bad, and the ugly, by the way. It's, we did it. We're all successful. We successfully did the good, the bad, and the ugly. Um, so we're going to take a quick break, wink, and then we're going to play the Wayne Podcast Town news. He was off last week. He's back. Uh, Chili Dog Summer began, so there's big news in Podcast Town. So here's the Wayne Podcast Town news. I got one more question. Now, your your lyrics, and, and, and you're obsessed with horror and assorted dark imagery, would you ever do an album singing about, like, puppies and rainbows? Would that ever happen? 
Yeah. No, maybe I'll do a real horror record and talk about the Obama administration. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. <laughs> so many new fans. So many new fans. I did not see that one coming. I did not see that one coming. All these chili dogs is really starting to bother me again. So chili dog summer's back. Oh. And it's just like, I thought you guys realized this last year. Because mostly men, I mean, Sarah Murphy had posted on, so it kind of breaks my thing. But mostly men post their chili dogs all slathered in chili and onions and cheese. And it's just, ugh. <sighs> looks like German's chat porn, to be honest. It looks like that's what you want in your cock. Something to have in your cock. You want some girl to squat and shit on your dick. Ugh. Ugh. And it's very kind of weirdly homoerotic that a lot of men in this group are posting video pictures of of their big old chili dogs. Just like, ugh. 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 my dick made Sarah Murphy a moderator of the group, which is um, good and bad in a weird way. Wealth made a good uh, point about it that he's gonna probably just kind of disappear because it's gonna be. A lot of safe spaces because I guess Sarah can be a little bit of a you know, get a little upset. I guess I guess maybe because it's the fact that it's mostly been a boys' club from the start, and bringing a woman is kind of going to change it. Even though some of the men who are in there, you know, like Corey and a couple other guys who are run that who are moderators are kind of womenly, so it's not like really going to ruin everything. What else? Prune talk? That was just idiotic. Another thing with Weef, oh, Welf, Weelf, 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 um, and I kind of antagonated, I guess. I don't know. I just kind of posted a picture. He kind of went on the, on the uh, offense. And Scott from the uh, Border Boss fame almost quit because we were making fun of figs when we were putting down prunes. I don't know. Prunes are disgusting. Disgusting smoothies. They just make you shit. He wants that, you know. It seems we talk about shit before. Talk about shit now. Just, oh, oh. I'm not kidding. Like you look on group, and it's just like it is like pretty much pornography. It's just dicks, 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 covered in shit. It's gross, gross. A lot of shitty podcasts, doing shitty podcasts. Um, some guy from a podcast came on live to talk about the Illuminati. For some odd reason, Corey and Mike Dick, even though Mike Dick was on. And kept posting stuff online. No one else was like jumping on it to kind of talk with him, which I was very amazed by. I guess they all kind of got over the Illuminati, which is great because now, I mean, what is Ilkhan talking about? <laughs> what besides chili dogs now? Oh yeah, that's why. Hmm. There's some other shit that I was supposed to talk about, but is it worthwhile? Really? No. Nah. You know, I just don't really give a shit about chili dogs and I know I should probably stay away from the you know until like maybe like early August because then that will start really getting really everybody start getting really sick of it like they did last year and not realize that you know you're just you know inside your head you're buying these things and scarfing them out and in reality you're really you really kind of want you want like a real fresh one a real fresh like John Holmes motherfucker just railing them in your face just taking hot cock you know what I mean like right in your mouth and that's all you're doing, to be honest. You're not eating these because you're enjoying them. You're not showing them off. You want hot cock in your face. Just sitting there, like, smearing against your nose. And that's kind of what you're into. So, just admit it, guys. Come on. Tell your wives. Tell your kids. You know. Tell them all. Say, hey, this is what I like. I'm eating chili dogs, but I really want a big whole sausage in my eye socket. 
You know, I want to get skull fucked by a big old dick, you know? That's okay, what, what a great podcast town news. Frisbee, did you like it? It was beautiful. I've got tears in my eyes. I thought so. Either because it was either because it was too good or uh, I realized something about myself from it. One of the two. Yeah. Or because uh, you're chopping those onions to put in your chili dog for chili dog summer. Yeah. And I'm doing <laughs> it wrong. Like my knife isn't sharp enough or something because like I shouldn't be crying like this. That's true. Uh, but yeah, thanks, Wayne. Wayne's great. We love Wayne. Uh, he had some very heated opinions about chili dog summer. And so do I. I'm sure as the summer goes on, I'll get more and more heated because some people are doing it real wrong, putting beans in there, putting avocados on there. Uh, I'm not, I'm not happy. It doesn't make me happy, Frisbee. Yeah, I understand. I think there's, it, it's, it doesn't take a lot to make a chili dog. Definitely not avocados. I'm with you on this one. There's really no reason for it. Yeah, people are doing chili dogs wrong out there. But, uh, but that's the end of the show. We did it. We did it, everybody. We, we successfully made another podcast. I would like to thank you, Don, for coming on the show. It was a fun one. Thanks for having me. Indeed. Uh, and what is the, the website where the kids can find Beckett to the Future again? They can visit us at BeckettFuturePod.com. They can also find us at Beckett to the Future, a Quantum Leap podcast on Facebook. They can email us at BeckettFuturePod.com at gmail.com and also follow us on Twitter at Beckett Future. Sweet. How about you, Mr. Frisbee? Where can the kids find this at? Toichi podcast. Uh, the blind podsman, uh, dot com. You can also find us on Facebook and your podcast player of choice. It's the blind podsman, a Zatoichi podcast. Nice. Very nice. Uh, you can find pool party at facebook.com slash pool party radio. You can find me and Frisbee on Twitter at Final Parker and at Cumulus Frisbee. Uh, you can find us in Podcast Town. It's a group on Facebook full of jerks. Just search for it. <laughs> Just search for Podcast Town. Someone will let you in. And then Wayne will probably tell you to kill yourself because he's so mean. Uh, we recently got a, f- <laughs> a female admin. So congratulations, Sarah Murphy. You broke the glass ceiling at Podcast Town. Uh, we're finally, finally getting something right in there. Finally, something <laughs> went well. In podcast town. Yep. Um, and I think that's about it, right? Yep. Find find us find junk food dinner in the streets. Check out that Patreon stuff like that. Uh, until next week, this is Parker for Don and Razorman Frisbee saying thanks for having fun. All right. Cool